Hi, it's me, Moki Makura. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Women on Top Talks, the Africa edition. This is the show where we give you a mix of work-related opinion, a bit of commentary, and one of my favorite things, advice. It's inspired by the things that have come up in my career, and also in the career of the women whose stories you'll hear later in the series. In the last episode, Monica Masonda, the CEO of Java Foods, shared her story with us. So if you haven't heard it yet, please go back and give it a listen, because there's a lot you can learn from her entrepreneurship journey. Well, this week we are talking about imposter syndrome. So it's not a deadly disease. Let me explain. You're sitting in a high level meeting with people you think are really important and you haven't opened your mouth, not even once. Your inner voice tells you that you shouldn't be there. You don't know enough. You have nothing worthwhile to add and worse still, your colleagues probably know it too. So you start to feel self-conscious. You're convinced that anything you say will out you. So you stay quiet and you just can't wait for that meeting to finish. Sounds familiar? Well, that's one quite common form of imposter syndrome, but it's much more than that. Do you consistently attribute your success to external factors rather than your own achievements? So for example, you tell yourself that you got that job or you got that promotion or you were asked to join that panel because they needed more women, because they wanted more diversity, because they needed to fill a quota. Not because you, yes, you, you were the best person for that role because that's another way imposter syndrome expresses itself. Imposter syndrome is a form of self-doubt, and it's loosely defined as questioning your own abilities and feeling like a fraud, really, regardless of your education, your experience, or your accomplishments. And it disproportionately affects high-achieving men and women. But the reason why I'm featuring it on this show is because imposter syndrome affects more women than it does men. And not surprisingly, it affects women of color more. And by the way, it doesn't only affect accomplished, successful women. There's growing evidence that imposter syndrome affects anyone in any profession from an intern to the very top executive. So keep listening. There have been many studies done on imposter syndrome at various times. And one of the most recent was a 2020 study by KPMG which polled 750 high-performing executive women in corporate America and found that three-quarters of them said they had experienced imposter syndrome at different times of their careers. And six out of ten experienced it the most during the times when they got a raise or they got promoted. And what was really interesting was that 74% of executive women believe that their male counterparts do not experience feelings of self-doubt as much as women do. So why does this affect more women than men? And one theory is that women put more pressure on themselves not to fail than men do. And I completely and absolutely agree because often we are coming from a place of 
insecurity. Our self-doubt as women often comes from never actually expecting to reach the levels of success we achieve. And maybe it's different today, but in my day, and I know that makes me sound really old, but very few women were ambitious about their careers. I mean, we sort of stumbled along doing good work. And one day we looked up and boom, we were running companies, we're managing large teams, we were building businesses. We just didn't have those expectations of ourselves. And especially if you're African, patriarchal societies like the ones many of us grew up in expect women to prioritize family and push careers to the side. And I know many women who downscale their careers or gave up on them completely to look after their kids or just so they could fit childcare in more easily. And women often set these ridiculously high expectations for ourselves, especially once we get into top positions and then we don't leave room for error. Listen to that episode on perfectionism. And then when we don't meet these ridiculous expectations, it leads to just more feelings of inadequacy, which leads to low self-esteem, which is the basis of imposter syndrome. But imposter syndrome really comes about from two reasons. And one reason is internal. It's because of us. We let people into our heads and we don't deal with our insecurities well enough. And there's a school of thought that believes if you fix the individual, you fix the imposter syndrome problem, right? Well, maybe not, because the second reason is external. Imposter syndrome can come about because you're in a dysfunctional work environment. And for a lot of women, there's systemic sexism, there's cultural biases. These things are working against us as soon as we set foot in the office. You know, so I've been in meetings where I was the only woman, where men were bonding over the rugby game the day before. And I immediately remember feeling like I didn't belong here. I couldn't participate in this bonding exercise. And it made me feel instantly, I guess, like an outsider. And if you're a woman of color in a largely white environment, that's probably quite a familiar feeling and you're probably more likely to suffer from imposter syndrome. So yes, we can fix ourselves and just get out of our own way in some cases, but we also need to fix the biases and the work environments that create this fertile breeding ground for imposter syndrome to fester. And another reason why this syndrome thrives, it's because According to one survey, 85% of women do not share their struggles about work because we fear being viewed as weak. And this is the number one reason why I'm doing this podcast, because I know that to be true. But we can't fix toxic corporate cultures right now. But what we can do is work on ourselves. And I've had to do just that. I mean, I've also been in a role where I know for a fact that I had a bad, bad case of imposter syndrome, and I just wish I'd known more about it then. A few years ago, I got asked to take on an additional role at work. And I took it on initially with some reluctance, but eventually I realized the potential of what I could do with that opportunity. And I decided to create a plan of action and I put my energy into trying to make things happen. So I totally embraced this new role. But it wasn't long before senior male managers soon got wind of what I was doing. And they began to question why I had been given the role, that I didn't have the skills or the experience to do what I was proposing, etc., etc. I mean, I got to hear about it through the back door. And that was the beginning of the end. 
Those male colleagues, and yes, they were white, they got into my head, and I began to believe that they were right. That I wasn't qualified to do this, and that what the hell was I thinking? And as a result, I totally lost confidence in my ability to do the job. And if I'm honest, I actually started doing it badly. I mean, I stopped fighting for the plans I'd made. I simply gave up. I stopped instigating things. And then one day I told my boss I didn't want the role anymore. And I stepped down. Day, I realized that there was nothing, there was nothing in that job that I couldn't have done and I hadn't done before. For some reason, I had talked myself up onto a ledge and I just jumped off it. So how do you fix imposter syndrome? Well, first, and this isn't always easy, just try and make sure you're actually in the right work environment for yourself. So if you get offered a job where no one seems to have lasted in that position for very long, or you're the only woman in the C-suite, think really carefully about if you want to take it on. And if you do, make sure you have a boss who supports you. Secondly, know why you're at the table, or in that room, or in that job, or on that panel. Why it's you, rather than someone else sitting right where you are. And I learned this from a very senior ex-colleague. She was a lawyer and she had worked her way to the top of her organization. I mean, she was low key. She had a reputation for really knowing her stuff. I mean, she was good. And I happened to go on a trip with her and I attended all the same meetings as she did. And I noticed she didn't really speak much. I mean, she wasn't loud, she wasn't aggressive, but every time she opened her mouth, her question or comment was linked directly to the legal implications of whatever was being discussed. In other words, she knew exactly, exactly why she was in her job. It was because she had an amazing legal mind and she knew it. Another really practical thing you can do to help yourself is spend time reviewing the work you've done and what you've achieved, either in your career or in that year. I mean, remind yourself why you got the job, why you are leading that project or why you got promoted why is it you that's sitting on that panel? Or why is it you they selected for that board? List out what you're good at and all your achievements and then read it back to yourself. And you'll soon realize that you're in that job because not only are you good at what you do, but also because you have a list of achievements to prove it. A good friend of mine who has a, let's just say, problematic male boss who doesn't appear to like or particularly rate her, did exactly that. So for her performance review, which she was reading, she created a PowerPoint with all her achievements in that financial year. She listed them down. Just doing that exercise alone, she said, it made her feel empowered and more confident as she walked into that review because she knew what she'd done. And she left feeling even better. But what she'd learned was that she had to be deliberate about separating other people's perceptions about her from the facts about her achievements. And you absolutely need someone in your corner, someone to just reassure you that you've gotten this far because you're good. Confident. 
But until you can fix either that toxic work environment or hire an executive coach and start believing in yourself, you have this podcast, Woman on Top, to help you get through it. That's it for me. I hope you enjoyed today's show and took away something from it. I'm Oki Makura and I'll see you in two weeks when we hear from our next phenomenal woman on top. 